This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Is Katie Couric ruining her legacy with a blasphemous new memoir? We'll find out, or at least we'll die trying here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Good happy Monday to you, ladies. And gentlemen, of course, I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. Colleen will be back with us tomorrow. Fingers crossed. She was a little under the weather, but I'm sure she'll be back in the seat tomorrow. In the meantime, in between time, Katie Couric might just be ruining her legacy with her new memoir, Holly. What? Did you hear? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to read you a headline before we deconstruct this conflab. I know you're all like, wait a minute. Why aren't you talking about Britney right now? We will. Don't worry. <laughs> Now, I will say that I know uh, Team Cobra listeners love when we talk about Britney so much so that Lori walked into the prep studio. Holly, think about this. Walked into the studio I was prepping in and gave me an article about Britney Spears to help uh, bolster, burnish my understanding of the Britney Spears case because she understands how much our audience cares yes. about having the latest and greatest news on Britney. Don't worry, we'll get to that later in the show, but we are starting with Katie Kirk because I I saw this headline and it's it's one of many like it. She's ruining her legacy. Katie Couric is slammed for Scorched Earth memoir in which she trashes everyone from Martha Stewart to her dead husband. And it's just a cry for relevance. I mean, that sounds pretty heinous. Yeah. Does it not from the surface? I mean, not only Martha Stewart, but throwing her husband (laughs) under the dead husband. And not just her husband, her dead husband. Uh, I'm not trying to make light of death, but I am trying to make light of the this headline, which wants you to believe that Katie Couric, and it's not the only headline, because I will tell you this headline, and you may ask, where did this headline come from? Well, where did this headline come from? We're asking, Holly, it's almost like you knew I wanted you to ask that. The headline came from the Daily Mail. So, you know, shock and awe, they're shocking and awing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing they do. That's fine. I get it. But this is not the only headline. In fact, if you search Katie Curry book, Katie Curry, Katie Couric book, uh, or not even book, just Katie Couric on the Google News site, all of these headlines are like, Ashley Banfield reacts in tears to, you know, heinous comments from Katie Couric. Uh, Diane Sawyer cowers in a corner at the nasty things that Katie Couric said. And there's all there are a lot of stories like this. So when I saw this headline over the weekend, I thought, okay, you know what we do here on the Colleen and Bradley show, Holly? We go deep in the shallow. That's one thing. Nothing is real and everyone smokes. 
right? Exactly. Yeah. So that means that here on this show, okay, so you see a headline, and we were seeing some of these headlines at the end of last week. You know, Deborah Norville is so sad that Katie Couric thought she was a perfectionist and was annoyed by it. Yeah. So what's really going on with these headlines? Because they are salacious. And then, you know, you get one of these. Why? 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 <laughs> and I, I did exact. I had all of those thoughts and feelings, which is why I stopped what I was doing, because it's our job. And I started reading these articles like, OK, tell me about what's going on. There was even a BuzzFeed feed article that was like, um, Katie Couric called out and dissed a bunch of celebrities in her new memoir. And I'm kind of shocked. So it's not even just sort of, you know, the usual trolls and tabloid uh, world that were coming for Katie Couric's memoir, because I I wanted to. And, and the, the note I wrote at the time was like, I'm, I'm just curious about this brilliant yet apparently completely sexist attempt to get attention for a memoir uh, as a co- publicity campaign, wherein Katie is now ruining her legacy by talking about stuff. So there just seems to be this sense that they're framing her memoir as taking down other women, which is like a totally sexist thing. Like, oh, look, women fighting. Mm-hmm. Because how many men, Holly, have written memoirs where they were honest about the sausage-making process from whatever career they were in? Well, prob- too many to count. Right? Because your eyes are rolling because it's just like, oh, it's a memoir by a man who's telling all. He's probably talking some shade and, and spilling crap. Yeah. And the, it just the other way around. But yeah, but they just wouldn't frame the press wouldn't the media wouldn't frame the conversation like he's ruining his legacy by telling you know, the facts as he saw them. Right. It wouldn't be framed as a ruining. It would be, oh, wow, look at this person is serving up some truth about their experience in X, Y, and Z. Also, do you think that men have strong opinions about each other and their peers in their chosen profession and feel competition? with yes yeah yeah right but why is it always women that seem to be and again i don't here's what here's the question i'm asking for you so i know we've danced around this we've sort of framed the question like is she ruining her legacy but the thing i'm really trying to get to is where is that coming from is it just the usual tabloid suspects or you know i mean they did send her Excerpt. They did send excerpts of her memoir to the Daily Mail specifically because a lot of reports directly attribute the quotes from the memoir as having been obtained by the Daily Mail. Right. Like how much and I don't know if it was directly sent or if they obtained a copy, but like, come on, how much of it is just the usual sexism in the media and how much of it is sort of a cynical use of that? sexism to get people to run by this book sure and i don't expect you to have the answer but do you have any thoughts on the matter oh thank you bradley trainer thoughts on the matter well think about katie couric and think about the place that she's held in popular culture and in the media at one point in time when she was co-hosting the today show she was essentially america a version of america's sweetheart she was beloved by millions and she held this very specific place in the media landscape mm-hmm. and one that was rooted 
in not talking crap about Martha Stewart and other people. So they're kind of juxtaposing that like, oh, these are things that are unexpected coming from Katie Couric. Is she ruining her legacy as quote unquote America's sweetheart of broadcasting by airing out all this stuff? But by all means, she's always been this person. Yeah. So we're we're just getting a truth of Katie Couric that goes against the persona of Katie Couric that we've been trained to believe for decades. Which also was a tired, dusty old archetype of women in the media. Like, they have to be nice. Yeah. Because if they're not nice, they're, quote, bitches. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they are competitive, maniacal, and out to, you know, destroy other women. Right. Right? And I will tell you, I read a whole piece from our good friend Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> In and by good friend, I mean not at all. For the non uh, sarcasm speaking uh, audience out there, he works for the Daily Mail, and so he obviously had access to this obtained copy, and goes through the list and is like, "I thought she was going to be one of those woke mob uh, anti bullying people, but I read this book, and I t- turns out she's just a bullying bitch." And literally calls her a bitch, which I think, oh. I think it's like the man has so little ability to reflect on his Thanks, own Piers. in the in the universe. No. But what he does is like this weird gymnastics of laying out all of the things that she has been accused of with this new memoir by some in the media, employing all of those tropes like she's bitchy she's backstabby she's fighting with other women she has to destroy women that she sees as competition um you know so it's no surprise that piers morgan would respond that way i just i just am having a hard time understanding so there's the piers morgans of the world yeah but then you've got this buzzfeed article who lays out for example so like here's an example for the audience that's like well what is she actually saying so in one particular uh, segment of her book, she talks about Ashley Banfield, who's a, a reporter. And she now hosts a show on something called News Nation, which I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Anyway, at the time, she was an up-and-coming journalist, and she was hoping to get a mentorship from Katie. And Katie in the book, allegedly, and again, it's all excerpts, which really is hard, because these are not in context. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to understand if she's like, I was a bitch. And I feel horrible or I, you know, uh, I envied this person and then I reflected and learned that it was not important to let go of that envy. Right. Like, right. So I don't know what context. And that's why I think cynically they're going to get people to rush out and buy this book. But anyway, she goes, Katie was threatened by Ashley because there was, quote, always someone younger and cuter around the corner. For a minute there, Ashley Banfield was the next big thing. This is Katie talking. I'd heard her father was telling anyone who'd listen that she was going to replace me. In that environment, mentorship sometimes feels like self-sabotage. She goes on to talk about Martha Stewart, and she said that she joked about Martha Stewart in a award show, and Martha didn't find it funny. And then she says, it took some healthy humbling, prison will do that, to develop a sense of humor. All right, so just a a caddy aside, to your point, Bradley, these excerpts were given to people without the entire context. I'm thinking because these are the salacious bits of this book. How do you get people to buy the whole book? You throw out the tidbits and lure them in. 
to get that kind of stuff. Because the thing that she said about Ashley Banfield, not necessarily so horrible, more of a, a reflection on Katie Couric's part about mm, being in this workplace system and sharing her thoughts on that. So it's not super salacious. It's meant to sound salacious. It's meant to get you to buy the book. Yeah. Because when was the last time that we talked about Katie Couric? Exactly. And it totally goes against the idea of Katie Couric that had been cultivated for decades. And then now it's like you're confronted with the Katie Couric that's probably actually more aligned with the truth because she's a complicated human being. She's just not a well, perky uh, news anchor that's hanging out with Matt Lauer. Uh, which is also <laughs> uncomfortable. Apparently she, you know, the, she allegedly addresses that by saying she'd heard the rumors, which I think is kind of a, you know, perhaps not ultimately clear way of responding to your relationship with one of the most dysfunctional uh, dangerous people in in uh, a role like that mm-hmm. that we've had. So, yeah. like, I I hope she goes into more detail. Again, your point is they are doing whoever it is they're doing a great job at ginning up interest in this memoir. That said, at the end of the day, I just hope it's not her own people. But you know, maybe it is Katie, and she's like, I know what sells. Because the thing you understand about Katie is, of course, she's a, I don't want to say survivor is the right word, but she is, she has gone through an incredible period of time and remained successful, or at least maintained a successful legacy for herself, having, you know, come up through a time in broadcasting that was incredibly difficult for women. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if she's involved in cynically dropping bits and pieces to get, you know, eyeballs on the book that she's writing and Oh, by the way, who else writes a book and doesn't want people to run out and buy it? What? What? Like then we shouldn't probably be that surprised. No. So maybe it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. All right. We solved uh, not a lot. I want to read it, and if I don't read it, I look forward to hearing from someone who does read it to hear about whether or not, you know, uh, what ultimately the big thematic takeaways are from this book. Like, what's her actual message? And we'll give the report of the report when that happens. Good. Okay. Speaking of reporting on the reporting, our good friend Elizabeth Reese will do just that when we return right here on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. And here with all the latest is the beautiful Ms. Elizabeth Reese. Good afternoon. Hello, my friends. Nice to be with you on this fine Monday. And also with you. I got a little lawsuit update for you to start with today. So Erica Jane, of course, from Mm. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. The estranged wife of Tom Girardi. Um, her attorneys are actively talking with the lawyer who's overseeing the liquidation of her husband's law firm okay. about returning $25 million that she allegedly took to maintain her lifestyle. So the lawyer says, I can't get into the settlement discussion, but we are trying to resolve the case with her attorney. How does one settle $25 million when one does not have $25 million Isn't to give back? Isn't that a good yeah. question? They're like, well... It's a great question. It's probably why Erica Jane has been strategically shopping at TJ Maxx and other places to show, show that she doesn't have the money to pay it back. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I, really fascinating. I was going to say, I feel like with this entire case, it's been one of show, you know, like presenting uh, an image. For- yeah, because even before the case, it was all about show, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tom Girardi's firm owes over $101 million in debt for allegedly mismanaging clients' funds. Mm. including those of the victims of the Lion Air Flight 610. And um, Tom Girardi, for his part, is currently residing in a senior living facility while this case plays out. He's been diagnosed with dementia. Uh, But we'll have to see what ends up happening with this. This is just the story that keeps on going. Well, and it's like, it it is just such a lesson of like, if it looks too good to be true, it it probably is. You know, I mean, even her on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, when... They all would. They all flew to Dubai. I will never forget this episode. They all flew to Dubai. They did this like lavish vacation in Dubai, and she brought her whole glam squad. Like everybody else just goes by themselves. But she had a team. She had to bring her team with her, like her stylist, her hair person, her oh, makeup person. All I just want- to go to. Dubai. I want to play this role for one day. Like, because I want to understand not just, you know, like, of course, Queen for a day. Let's all like be fabulous together um, with like oodles of cash. But also, I want to understand the requisite ego required mm-hmm. uh, to it, to do something like that so that you're not bothered or you're not constantly going, I'm sorry. I know this is really a lot, but I, I just, this is what I need. <laughs> I think, you know, it's I, I sound like a broken record when I say this, but I do feel like everybody tells themselves a story about what they deserve, what they're entitled to, yeah. what they should have. And we all do it yeah. because we all are doing things that probably... I mean, if you are not a person who hasn't bought something when you probably shouldn't have bought it (laughs) for whatever reason, then, you know, raise your hand and let me know who you are, because I would like to know you because there's no way. I mean, we have all at some point in your life purchased something that was not within your means and you did it to either like fill your own ego or make you you feel better about yourself or to show somebody else that you were something that you weren't. Mm -hmm. That has happened to every single one of us. And all these types of stories are like this is exactly what I go back to with the um you know the college admission scandal yeah all these stories are are just it's just a magnification that comes along with more and fame but at its core it's that little human impulse and that insecurity that all of us have that's why these stories are relatable yeah also even though they're unrelatable (laughs) but also you know with more money but also more ego because right our ego got us to like a pair of shoes that we probably shouldn't have purchased. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. But, right? But again, like at what point during your flight to Dubai with your entire team, do you not just look around and go, 
Oh my god! I've taken this too far. Oh my god! But I know, I know. <laughs> but it's it's all like it's just little. It doesn't all happen at once. It's yeah. like baby step, 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 and then. Well, yeah, because go. because mm-hmm. that's the other thing, and uh, and you see this in terms of like Harvey Weinstein's of the world, where there is a system around you that is yeah. perpetuating this yes. because it's because you are talking about such large sums of money that it affords people the opportunity to just throw their own ethics and I know personalities. Out it's the true, and if it works, I mean, I'm going to throw a Dr. Phil quote at you guys. <laughs> you oh, make oh, what you God, want of it. He says, "People do what works." And he's right. Well, that's true. I mean, people do what works. And so if it works and if it's like, like think about Harvey Weinstein, if it, it didn't start as like this rapist situation, it starts as pushing the boundary, pushing it this and then it works and then you get a high from it. And then he continued on. Sick, man. Then I just have my side eye. Aimed at Andy Cohen and the whole Real Housewives franchise because Erica Jane, by all means, is not the only person who is wrapped up in behavior that would make you go, hmm. And he rewards that. And the whole franchise rewards fake. And I mean, you know, I I don't know. Maybe at some point it's going to be Andy Cohen. Like, how do you sleep at night knowing like how all these families, like you, you shined a spotlight on these families. And there are a lot of kids that have been impacted by that show. Oh, sure. That have been on it. Yeah. Like, look at Teresa Giudice's kids who are doing ads for supplements at the age of 12. Mm-hmm. It's a strange, and deal. I don't think you're probably gonna hear like it's uh, the interview with Barbara Walters and Andy Cohen is probably not gonna happen wherein she gets him to like break down on the couch because I just don't think we live in that world anymore where the, where, where anybody needs to be confronted with that kind of stuff. We're telling ourselves stories, right? Lots of times, guys. But that got deep on one. I don't know. Tomorrow I'll bring you more. You know, a few more headlines. Oh, please. We're grateful for your stories every day, Elizabeth. Yeah. Thank you so much, Elizabeth Reese. Catch her on Twin Cities Live every day at 3 right here on My Talk 1071. And when we come back, Holly's got some blind items right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer, and let's get right to those juicy bits of gossip with the names left out. We call them blind items, and Holly's got them for us. And joining us to solve blind items this afternoon is Donna Valentine from Don XD. You get one of these. (laughs) Thanks for showing up, Donna. Thanks for having me. You could put your phone down if you're ready. No, I I need to. uh... I just don't like distractions. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, ready. (laughs) Put the grocery (laughs) list down. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready, but I do need a piece of paper because it goes too fast for me. Notes are good. Thank you. I don't do them, but I'm ready. I A plus list, mostly movie actress. I'm <laughs> ready. One. Here's our blind item. This A list, mostly movie actor from an acting family who's been acting since he was young and is an Oscar winner slash nominee was all set to host this late night show and was bumped by the A literate reality star. <gasps> he did not take it well. Well, we know who the A literate reality star is. Is because, that a Kardashian? Yep. Okay, which, like a Kim, like a Courtney? There you go. Go with the first one. Kim Kardashian. Yeah, because we know that she's going to be hosting. Oh, oh. Or did she? She hasn't hosted yet, right? This weekend. This coming weekend. Oh, this this coming weekend. Saturday night. So, A list mostly movie actor that she bumped. Yes. Allegedly, supposedly. From an actor family. He's not happy about it. Oh, I know who this is. David Arquette. No. Um, I want to say it. And I can't remember his name, so I need... Uh, 
An actor family. Yeah, I got this backwards. Like, if you said his name backwards, could it sound totally plausible as a name? No. Like David Craig, Craig David? Yeah. No. (laughs) So it's not Owen Wilson? Uh, No, he already hosted this last weekend. Oh, dear. That's why he was in my head. I thought I'd seen a story that he was bummed that Kim... uh, Or... Anyway, I've conflated the two stories. It is not Owen Wilson. Okay. Let's move on. So it's a mostly movie actor. Mm-hmm. He's A-list. Yeah. That's important. This person is in an acting family. Now, it's his sister that's also an actor. Oh. David Arquette. Gyllenhaal. She, he, she just said David Arquette. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes. Oh, good guess. <laughs> We got there. Whoa, See, whoa, Holly, feel, we got there. Well, you know, congratulations to David Arquette. What about David Arquette? <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> I do love him, though. We've oh. been on a Jake Gyllenhaal kick, and I'm actually surprised then that he's not on, which then makes this blind item totally plausible fill in the blank. Because he has a new movie. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So Jake Gyllenhaal was set to host Saturday Night Live this weekend because he has a new movie on Netflix out, but was bumped for Kim Kardashian. And Jake Gyllenhaal did not take that very well. Mm. I don't think I, I would wouldn't. either if I were an actress and I had I, a, I had a project to promote and a Valentine. great opportunity. I know uh, this is Lauren Michael. I know we. Oh, were hey, Lauren, how's it going? Good. I know we, you were really excited to come on the show, but Holly Roberts is going to be taking your place this weekend. Say what now, <laughs> Lauren? Sorry. Lauren, how many years have we Sorry. known one another? Okay, we just like Holly Roberts' vocal fry. We're just playing more than years That's and her, so good. her fashion fun. sense. I'm funny. <laughs> oh, God. I'm scared, but I cannot wait to watch it. Uh, I do want to shame uh, Kim Kardashian for taking away a shirtless Jake Gyllenhaal opportunity. So for that, yeah, poo poo. All right. Let's mm-hmm. move on. Hey, another celebrity gossip mystery solved this. For now, the powers that be are waiting to see if there will be some kind of uproar about the behavior of this former singer slash alcoholic slash cocaine lover slash serial cheater slash serial sexual assaulter turned network judge. They don't want to fire him after the recent revelation. It isn't a revelation. He's done this dozens of times to dozens of women. There are other photographic and video evidence of such. Donna. Yeah, it's Robin Thicke. Ding to the dog. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. So for now, the powers that be over at Fox are waiting to see if there will be some kind of uproar about the behavior of Robin Thicke. Uh, some kind of uproar. I mean, I feel like that ship has sailed. Yeah. So they don't want to fire him after the recent revelation of Emily Ratajkowski saying that she was sexually assaulted on the set of the video for Blurred Lines. But Robin Thicke has done this dozens of times to dozens of women, and there's other evidence out there. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I bet he would have even admitted to it prior to the Me Too movement. Oh, yeah. He'd be like, oh, yeah, I grabbed a handful Yeah, like, what's the problem with grabbing some yeah. babies? Yeah. Gross. Yeah. You don't want to just say, like, oh, that's totally believable without also saying and disgusting and should be, you know, not acceptable. Yes. So. Yes, and he's that currently a judge on The Masked Singer. Well, that was oh, the other question I was yeah. going to ask. What is his role at The Fox? So you've just answered that question, and I appreciate it. Because it too. saved me asking, even though I've now talked about asking it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, more celebrity gossip mysteries. You don't need to thank me. I'm just going to give it to you. So pretty convenient timing for the one-named foreign-born permanent A-list singer, 
slash serial tax evader to get attacked by wild animals. A little sympathy from the public for yet another scandal she faces about hiding money. Okay, hold on. Okay, I, got it. I appear that you, or it appears to me that you know the answer, Donna. I do. I feel like I should know this because you when you said like one named singer, I was like, Adele? But I have not heard Adele getting attacked by beavers. Um, Who got attacked by wild animals? Wild boar attacked oh, her oh, bag. Oh, oh, wild boar mm-hmm. Shakira. Yes, queen. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So Shakira, pretty convenient timing for Shakira to get attacked by wild boars. <laughs> a little sympathy from the public for yet another scandal she faces about hiding money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope that's not true. Oh, but it is. But, you know, we've heard these oh, stories. No. Donna, I don't. It's hard for me sometimes to know what, what most I'm up people on. know because we speak in such code. You speak in different language. On the yes. Colleen and Bradley show, but this particular story we've, anti lawyer has told us about for a while, this the tax, tax evasion. evasion. Mm-hmm. So. And Shakira is allegedly one of the people named in the just leaked Pandora papers, <gasps> which is, Ooh. yes, which is the biggest leak ever of offshore data exposing the financial secrets of the rich and powerful. Oh, no. And Shakira. Is there going to be a Netflix special? Because I don't want to have to read like a big, long, boring story. Yeah, I know. It's like terabytes of information. But uh, I think some of the celebrity names that are in these papers include Shakira, Claudia Schiffer, mm-hmm. Elton John. What about um, one of Auntie Lawyer's favorite blind item subjects? Also a model. And I can't think of her name now. Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell. Oh, yeah. Not sure. Okay. Maybe they're they're sifting through the papers here. Lots of international intrigue with this story. Yes. And Shakira is one of those. So having mm. her purse taken by wild pigs maybe was okay for her. Her hips don't lie. They don't. But her accountant does. Another blind item. This A-list country singer thought she was going to have to postpone her tour because some Botox and fillers paralyzed one side of her mouth and face for nearly a month. Donna, I feel like you should know this. I'm just going to take a wild guess and say this is Casey Musgraves. Yas, queen. I I feel like I just saw a story about her. Well, it's funny. I have a friend. Like, I think she's gorgeous. And I have a friend who goes, she just needs to lay off the Botox. And I go, you know what? I don't even notice if people have Botox or not. If it's that subtle stuff, she's like, it's so I looked at her face on Saturday Night Live while she was performing. And I went, yeah, that is a little tight. That's tight. All right. It's one of those things where all the celebrities do this. So watching this weekend, The Many Saints of Newark, Mm -hmm. the new Sopranos movie, it's supposed to take place in the 70s, but everyone has fillers to the nth degree. So it does take you out of reality. But then again, it's like... Nobody in the Wild West had Joan Crawford's eyebrows and Johnny Guitar. <laughs> um, right. Yes, also so, the high-waisted, uh, like, yeah. cocktail pants that she wore. So, it's like, oh, we're having one of those moments where we're through the looking also, glass where you have to accept that, no, people actually didn't look like that. Right. Feathered hair in Laverne and Shirley. Yes, right? I know. That's I mean, one of Holly's oh. favorite areas of critique yeah don't even get me started so i won't happy days i don't think so (laughs) we got time for one more yeah here's a one that is solved so maybe we've done this one but in an effort to get this a-list actress another oscar the writer sometimes cokehead sometimes director of this biopic changed two scenes in the movie to give the actress 
some scenes, some Oscar worthy scenes. Fine, except it would never have happened seven decades ago and for sure would have never have happened from the person being portrayed. So it's totally out of place. For the rest of the movie. There is so much oh going on gosh. with this. Oh my gosh. Okay. Is this an, so this is an older person? Well, this is a movie about, about, some, an old person. about somebody who was in Hollywood. And this A-list actress wants another Oscar. So the <gasps> filmmaker finessed a little things. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say Jessica Chastain as what's her face, Tammy Faye. But it's not. Uh, but it's not. I have a feeling. Is it, um, do I like to tell stories? I think it's Lucille Ball. Oh, there you go. And Nicole Kidman. And Nicole Kidman. <laughs> nice work. That's my Lucy voice. That's really Hello, good. Donna Valentine. Going to tell you about the time that where we played cribbage with Bing Crosby in the living room. You don't <laughs> yes. even want to know. He was a big drinker. He had no pants. Ricky, get out of here. <laughs> so, Nicole, Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball. They want to get her another Oscar for playing that role. So Aaron Sorkin finessed a few scenes into being the Ricardos that would have never taken place 70 years ago and is definitely out of character for Lucille Ball, the actual human being. Oh, God, I hope it doesn't besmirch the character of one Lucille Ball in order to. Also, this is something Lucille Ball would have totally done if she were playing in a biopic because God love Lucille. She is one of my all time favorite you know, stars of stage and screen. Oh, yeah. But by all accounts, she moved heaven and earth to get what she wanted in a film. I did not I mean, know all that. of the wonderful gauzing and, like, Vaseline on the, on the, the screen of Maine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, woo! <laughs> Girl after my own heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, that so, was fun, you guys. This will be I interesting. Heard. And to your to your other your, your typical critique, Holly, it'll be interesting to see how distracted we are by Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball because, mm-hmm. I mean, like it or don't, she's just had some work done and it's hard to not see it. Talk about a tight face. Like yeah. Lucille Ball would not have had work. Uh, right. Is my point. Like you're right. not going to see fillers on. Well, it, it, it wouldn't even be fillers back in the day. It would not shock me if Lucille Ball had an old fashioned facelift where they literally took the part <laughs> back of your skin and pulled it back. Yeah. yeah. I With mean, like wires. Yeah. And <laughs> also thinking about it. Lucy, well, I guess Lucy was in her 40s during I Love Lucy, late 30s, early 40s. Nicole Kidman is in like her 50s, mid 50s. Yeah. There's going to be some post production. Yeah. I mean, like there always is. I mean, Ray Liotta's face. Yeah. I'm Ray and I quit smoking with Chantix. (laughs) Did he do that? Oh my God. Yes. yes. I, I don't remember. I the actually chantics. literally had a listener make me a shirt that says, I'm Ray, with a picture of Ray Liotta, <laughs> and I love it. It's my favorite thing. Well, Donna. Oh, bye, guys. This was great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. For joining us today. And Holly, thank you so much for those delicious bits of gossip. Now, when we come back, Holly has got not just juicy bits of gossip, she's also got the details on one publationship that's still trolling us from beyond the grave. Spooky season is here, and we'll be right back on My Talk 1071. What a beautiful day. Get outside and enjoy it in any way possible, even if it's just staring out the window. It helps, man. See a little sliver of sunlight. Oh, I love it. Good afternoon, and welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show. As we wrap up the first hour, Holly and I, Colleen will be back tomorrow. And Holly, I know you got some details on a publication ship that's kind of trolling us uh, from beyond the grave, meaning that publication ship is dead.
What publationship are we talking about? Well, we haven't named this a publationship, but certainly the way that these people have been behaving in the press, it would be a publationship. This would be between Grimes and Elon Musk. Mm, yeah, reportedly Splitsville, right? Well, they said that they were semi-split. Ugh, what does that even mean? I don't why, know. Why can't people just do things anymore? Right. It's very attention-seeking, Bradley. Yeah. And that's what Grimes was doing over the weekend, is that she was seeking attention. Mm. And she was trolling everybody. How so? By going out and about, wearing what mm, could be described as perhaps she was auditioning for a role as an alien bounty hunter in the movie Critters Outfit. Okay, that seems possible. Reading Karl Marx's... Communist Manifesto while hanging out on a street corner in Los Angeles. What is she like 21 years old in a small liberal arts college and feels the need to be seen? No, Bradley. And they know this behavior? She didn't walk off the campus of Oberlin College. No, she didn't. But she was on the street corner wearing (laughs) wearing that headline, wearing that outfit and reading that specific book. You know, haha, irony. I'm reading the Communist Manifesto. Meanwhile, I'm semi broke up with one of the richest men in the world. One of the biggest capitalist overlords. Mm. Mm. So, who, where, where is this irony being directed? Where is this parody uh, performed toward? Us? Because. But, like, who's the. Gr- <laughs> I mean, I, I believe you. I, I actually take you at your word, and I think you're right. I just. I'm like. W- she must really believe that we are that invested in in their relationship. Yeah, well, Grimes wrote on Twitter Saturday, paparazzi followed me to shoot. So I tried to think what I could do that would yield the most onionish possible headline, and it worked. Oh. Ha ha. Okay. So the headline, one of them, from the New York Post, Grimes seen reading Karl Marx following split with world's richest man, Elon Musk. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. What do you get? What does a Grimes do again? She's a performer, correct? A Grimes makes music. Yeah. She makes music. Okay. And do, she grimes. She grimes. I feel like you can use her name as a noun and a verb. <sighs> I just feel like it's all very, again, um, uh, it's very 1996 of her to do this to seem somehow counter. I mean, not countercultural. That's not even gracious enough. It's just attention-seeking behavior. Yeah. Well, it's totally attention-seeking behavior. And, you know, I will give Grimes credit slightly. Just a little bit. I don't want it to go to her head. But she is doing this thing where she's playing the publicationship game. The publicationship being a celebrity relationship in service of publicity. So she's like, fine. I'm going to be getting attention for my relationship with Elon Musk. So I'm going to troll the paparazzi. I'm going to take this outrageous photo. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to run with it and be like, look at how outrageous Grimes is. And then she's like, ha ha, my dastardly plan has succeeded. Although, you know, as any casual listener of the Colleen and Bradley show will tell you, this is not particularly creative nor um, groundbreaking. No, no. I mean, any, you know, fool with an iPhone could probably do similar things. Yeah. Um, that said, I, I will say, can I, I, I don't want to take us off track. It's kind of related, but the whole Elon Musk experience, like the people, uh, I don't remember what I was listening to this morning, but something got me thinking about like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, 
the sort of this archetype of the uber wealthy, like singular entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and how they somehow have magical powers. Like there is a segment of the population that wants to be them, wants to be with them, wants to make, you know, wants their money or whatever it is. Like there's something that they represent that people, and I know success, like people are like, well, duh, they're very successful. Who doesn't want that? But I think it's a very unique personality type that seems to be drawn to them as sort of like a fan. Right. Yeah. Like in the way mm -hmm. that I would consider myself an Adele fan or somebody would consider themselves a, you know, a fan of Cheetos. (laughs) (laughs) You know, those Cheetos stands. Well, you're right, because, well, and then what's fascinating about Elon Musk, too, we have no time to go into this, is that, no, it's okay. It's a great side uh, street to go down that people actively use Elon Musk's financial advice, you know, like Dogecoin. And they're willing to invest in that way. Oh my gosh. Just based off of something that Elon Musk tweets, he's Mm -hmm. just a guy, but people are willing to acquiesce their own finances and personal power to what this guy has to say. Mm -hmm. (sighs) You know who else wields that kind of power or could if she tried real hard? Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, allegedly she may never perform again. There are many performers we wish we could see just one last time, and Britney's among them. We'll tell you about Britney, and we'll talk performers we wish we could see one more time when we come back here on My Talk 107.